When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Let's not call them gigs here. You're not like the Beatles in Hamburg. Like. <laughs> there, there, what would you call them? Like, I would say appointments. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode 168 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. We have a guest today. His name is, Tra- his yeah, name is Travis. This is crazy. I just realized this. His name is Travis Thomas. That is not a real name. It, it's a very generic I, I, Hey, listen. Name. I plan on... Listen up, everybody. I plan on confronting him on his very fake name. So but listen. Listening. This is the crazy this- thing. We've had a Travis Thomas on the show before. That's how, like, common that's, is that name is. We had so many guests that now we're, like, repeating just, like, uh, <laughs> repeat names. Like, here's... Phil Philberson. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Philberson. There's a guy named Mike Mikeworth that I know, and the Abilene police chief is named Stan Standridge. Uh, there's a guy. Never mind. <laughs> uh, no, I'll have to oh. text that funny name to you. Okay. I don't want to give it somebody I work with. But um, you have a story, but very quickly, I, uh, bragging montage alert. <laughs> well. I went into the AT&T store. Kids, President's Day. Happy President's Day. Um, uh, we don't celebrate that anymore. It's Happy Idiots Day. <laughs> That's probably more like it. Um, and the kids weren't in school. They took them over to a friend's house, and uh, I just kind of hung out. I went and rode my bike and did some other things. We were out of the office, and I went by the AT&T store. I went in just to just see, like, you know, sometimes you go in there, and they'll be like, yep, you're upgraded for a new phone. It'll be $9,000 today. And you're like, you know what? I'll come back. And then you go in sometimes, and they're like, yep, uh, here you go. Here's your phone. It's free. And so there's that... that uh, uh, pendulum and i only had to pay the taxes today on a, an iphone 8 plus rick i i no longer have 16 gigs of space on my phone and i have i'm still run. this is the biggest add this to the bragging montage i'm running an iphone 6 and uh I, the 16 gigs yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like I don't have faith. Like I, I haven't had the Facebook app on my phone. All that stuff. It's like I pretend like it's it's because I'm um, be deleting everything yeah, on there yeah. so that I can have just enough space to take, take a picture. A picture like, yeah. Oh, where'd you go? What happened to your internet? Great. You're he's gone. Everybody, are you there? Where is he, Rick? <sighs> of course, this would happen. Well, I was trying to say when he rudely interrupted me. There you are. Hold on. There he is. I was just going to finish my thought. I said, I pretend like, oh, I don't have Facebook because I'm like, you know, anti-social media. And the actual reason is because I can't fit it on my phone. Uh, So I have it back on my phone now. And I have like 50 gigs of available space, Rick. That's the best part. My wife got a seven like last year. Oh. It's like a limited amount of, like she can take a hundred videos if she wanted to. Meanwhile, I have to like delete uh, every single text message I get, every single yeah. email, every single non-essential photograph. Yes. So 
be prepared to take the picture of the <laughs> random weirdo in the grocery store, which I just sent you as the guy. Yes, the yes. And I'm or for the day, I saw that. Or uh, of your kids sitting on a couch watching television on vacation. That's that was a good. I like well, that. So, uh, let's. Are we going to get into this now? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Mark mocked me when we were on our Christmas vacation <laughs> to the beach, where I took a picture of the boys like on the couch. It was a like, cute picture. They're adorable boys together, like being so cute, cute and enjoying their company. And Mark was like, "Huh." <laughs> Well, here's a picture of my kids watching TV on vacation. <laughs> here's a picture of paint drying. And I was like, hey, Mark, why don't you scroll up? <laughs> I know. That's what's funny about it is because I'm an idiot. Okay, tell your story before we have to call Travis. Thank you. Man, oh, you, this is, it's a very professional broadcast. Lead in. <laughs> we don't have time for this. Just tell So uh, my partner at work and I, uh, we are both doing, uh, not to, you know, look at me, everyone, but we're both doing the Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yes! Thing. They have a program that they're doing with the, the police department where like, and blue. like the quote unquote community based where like you take them to like activities and stuff like four times a month. You just go and you meet them at school and you have lunch with them and you chill out with them at school. Yes. Couple times a month so proud of you. So I had met my little the week before. And so this last for past Friday, uh, th- four days ago, I was like, well, I'm going to go and do do it again because uh, the Friday after that I won't be able to. Hmm. So. Uh, we only we have one car. We share a car, and so my partner dropped me off at my school, and then he went over to his school, and he hadn't met his little yet. So now we're talking uh, for the context. We're talking elementary school here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both uh, fourth graders. Okay, They're both both are ten years old. My little and, is also in fourth grade. Sorry. Well, all right. Well, about halfway through, no one cares about you, Mark. <laughs> so about halfway through my time with Mike, because I get, I get them for an hour because they have recess right after lunch, and so we do you know board games or whatever, and uh. I get a text from my partner, and he's like, hey, there was a, uh, a lockdown at the school I'm at. And he was like, guess who it was? And I was like – Well, this is like well, like the day after the is, most recent – after the – yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard the, to keep count because – There's you know, so many. It's so society. Many. We're just committed to eh, – it's all right. It costs about 20 kids a year, uh, dead shot kids, uh, to maintain our liberty okay. to own all the guns we want. But uh, so know, it was like two days after the Florida – like this latest Florida shooting yeah. – uh, by the time this comes out, there'll they'll, they'll be another one. But uh, the Parkland one at yeah. uh, Stoneman Douglas High School. And so what happened was my partner goes into the school. We're detectives, okay? We don't wear uniforms. We wear you know button-down shirts, and we have a badge on our belt next to our gun. No and pants. Easy, 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 you see, yeah. <laughs> well, shorts, Mark. <laughs> wear Daisy dude. <laughs> uh, like the Reno 911 cop. <laughs> You wear the badge right on the belt, right next to your gun. So when someone like sees right. your gun and freaks out, they're like immediately right next to it. Right. They see the badge. So he goes into his school uh, and he checks in at the office, gives his ID, says, "Hey, I'm a detective. I'm here to do the uh, uh, the uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters thing." Uh, he's meeting the the Big Brother the Big Brothers Big Sisters coordinator there. The school right. knows. And so he's waiting around. She gets there. They all have a nice handshake in the front. Then he goes and meets his little. Well, I guess like some assistant principal or the principal sees uh, him sitting in the cafeteria just eating lunch but with a gun on his hip. And instead of going like kind of weird, uh, let me get a hold of the secretary. Hey, who's the guy with a gun? Uh, she just goes into complete freakout mode thinking like that's all a part of his – uh, school shoot 'em up plan is to come in and befriend all the kids and have lunch with them and chill out with them for a few minutes. So they go into like lockdown mode. Like so, what do you like? What is lockdown mode? Like there's like a like a, like yeah, a there's an like alarm there's, there's or something. There's schools now because uh, you know. Yeah, this is the world we live in. Yeah, so like our great. schools are all uh, doing it. Where they're teaching this in school that when like a crazy person comes in with a gun, which happens all the time, uh, 
you, instead of like running out of the building like a bunch of crazy people, you lock your classroom door from the inside. Everybody has a hiding spot, which is just the most surreal thing of all time. And uh, you basically hunker down and you don't go anywhere until like the cops come through and the cops are supposed to have keys. Like we have keys to the door. So you're not supposed to have to open the door for anybody. Right. So they go into like lockdown mode and he's in the cafeteria. They put all the kids in the kitchen and he's like, is this is this a drill? Why? Why? I don't, <laughs> They're all like so, running away from him. <laughs> no one has any idea. Everyone's just like, man, it's just a drill or whatever. They don't know. Uh, well, he was like, if this is not a drill, like I'm a cop, I probably need to be out there. If there's a guy with a yeah. gun on campus, so he comes out of the kitchen, looks through the window, and sees like a uniformed cop, like with his rifle, like no way, the building, and he sees my partner. My partner sees him, and uh, you can just see like the uniform. Did he shoot him in the face? He just lowers his rifle, and you can tell he gets on his radio. Basically, he's like, eh, it's, it, uh, call it all off, boys. It's one of us. It's Bill. <laughs> so, uh, that was his uh, adventure in the very first uh, uh, edition of Big Brother. But all the kids thought it was awesome and yeah. hilarious. Yeah. So, do, like, you think, now. do you think the cop who showed up and saw, we'll call him Bill, his first thought was, oh, no, Bill snapped. Bill is shooting up a school. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best part of it is like 20 up because everyone's <laughs> so <laughs> super on edge yeah oh well, my gosh like the dallas area there was like five different incidents where yeah kids yes because hey there's one in keller there was one yeah there was one like near me like in stephenville or brownwood or something there was some incident or something it's just so ridiculous everyone's yeah. hyper vigilant but like i don't know i could see if you see a guy walking the hallway with a gun on his hip yeah. like okay let's 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 go into lockdown mode just do let's do what we've been trained to right it's very obvious, like, uh, he checked in at the office, and they know he's a cop, and he's just sitting down at a table eating lunch. He's yeah. not, like, prowling around or, like, you know, yeah. hassling people. Well, and it's normally, like, if I see, like, that, the like, what you wear, like, with the badge and the gun, I think there's a safe person. I'm glad he's here. Like, I'm not thinking <laughs> this guy's here to kill us all. <laughs> well, it's patently obvious. Yeah. He's, like, I mean... We don't wear like uh, we don't dress like Sipowitz or anything like that. But he's wearing like he's a very stylish man, very very sexy mm. individual. Oh, but okay. he's wearing like uh, you know. Was that a uh, the Wire reference? What Sipowitz? No, that's NYPD Blue, Mark. Come on. Oh, sorry, I don't. You don't know the reason why I became a cop. I learned everything I know about police work from. Uh, <laughs> you didn't know I cut my own hair four times. <laughs> I cut my own hair recently, Rick. Does that blow your mind? Uh, I've been thinking about it. It's really not that. <laughs> okay, very quickly before I call Travis, I uh, I was sitting listening to Jen and one of her friends uh, was were sitting there at lunch today over at this house where I took my kids, and I went to go pick them up, and Jen was there, and we were like, I just pulled up uh, to to let them listen to previously on the Simply Human podcast from last episode when I was like, and so she just like shaved my head to the zero just to hear your laugh. And we were all like dying <laughs> laughing. And then I was like, oh, it's, I'm like crying laughing just at your laugh. So then I go back to episode 60 and listen to that one little section in uh, Santa, Santa Claus talk when you say, oh, like, it's like Santa, your pants smell like a diaper full of Indian food. <laughs> and then I dying again. And then I went to the like the 10 minute mark of the urban prank. And listen to whenever he said, "This is Steve." I don't know, Steve. And then, our, and then, uh, and then our reaction. Says, I don't. I'm not Steve, and I don't know uh, what you're talking about. So f off. And then, like the next two minutes 
of us laughing and me repeating, he said bleep off, and I just kept saying it. I, 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 short project for you. Okay. Find like a oh, you laughing compilation of like you and I like we laughing. laughing. You know what's you know why that's easy because like whenever it you know like all the time. Well, no, it's like when you were looking at the audio, I can tell when we're laughing based on like how oh, it looks. Like how it's spiking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would oh man, that's actually just like five minutes of us laughing would just oh that would be so funny. Okay. Um. Let's call. Uh, let's call this guy. So uh, listen. Hey, before you do that, before you do that, uh, <gasps> I want you to tell me some information, Mark, um, because I think life insurance is an important part of being an adult in this society, especially you know knowing you could you know get shot in the face uh, anywhere you walk in America. So it's important to have life insurance. How should I go about doing this, though? I, I don't know. All right. <laughs> I they don't pay anymore. <laughs> They canceled. Just kidding. All right. This show, guys, is sponsored by Health IQ. Health IQ uh, is an insurance company that helps health conscious people like you, people that are intentional about health, get lower rates on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com slash simplyhuman to support the show and see if you qualify. Learn more. Get a free quote on life insurance. Go to healthiq.com slash simplyhuman and find out how science and data can lower your rates on life insurance now do it and we'll talk about that at the end okay so i get this email hold on let's see if i can go back um i gotta i gotta sift through all my travis thomas emails there's so many of them because there's like 15 of them that have been on the show um just kidding his name is uh his so his, i get this email that says applying improv frameworks for fitness success on the simple human podcast and this guy emails me and he's like, hey, I listen to your show with Stephen Baldridge. I listen to this show. I listen to that show. And like references, like very specific things. Like he very clearly listened to the show, which is incredible. And he's like, here's some ideas. And had all these bullet points. He's like, how about this? And I was like, uh, duh. And then he even like did like a, a, a five-star review and like screenshotted it to show that he actually did it. I was very impressed with this guy. Um, this is Jonathan. I guess is like he works with, you know, it's like a booking agent or something. So anyway, so we're going we're gonna to call Travis now. He's ready for us. Um, let me add. Okay, let's see. Adding. I like this kind of real time. Adding to call. Yeah, it's it's really Here great. We We're well, the right now. We're going. Man, this is way better than just rolling my window down and smelling like the fumes of traffic. Shut up. Um, <laughs> fumes of traffic. Add people or phone numbers. Why can't I just hit? Where is there a thing that just says add Travis? Knocking it out of the park. Add him to the call. Go. Add. Add. It, I'm just screaming at. Oh wait, what if I? If I hang up on you, I'll call you back. He did not. He did not answer. <laughs> there you go. Let me try it this way. Add people. Travis. That'll be funny. I will. Uh, I will edit that down. That will be funny. Add. Let's try this. <gasps> I think we did it. Rick. I think he's on. Travis. <laughs> Travis? Travis? He's calling. Calling. Oh. Calling. I'm going to have to edit all this. Travis! Travis? <laughs> Dang it. Okay, add to call. Skype Travis. Here we go. Done a test. Hello? Wait, there it, there it happened! Ah. Travis! Travis! Yes, I'm here. What happened? What happened? We, were, we were so confused. <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, yeah, you know what? I've got Skype on my phone. Yes. And uh, uh, you guys are trying to call. I tried to call you. Call wasn't going through. So I just I, I scrapped the phone, went down, plugged in my, opened up Skype on the computer, and here we go. We did so it. I'm not, I'm not sure the reason that the phone option's not working, but say uh, la vie. Here who, we are. Who needs phones? Okay, so I'm going to edit that down. That four minutes of us uh, panicking was <laughs> actually pretty funny audio, which we're going to use. But I mentioned Jonathan's email to me um, about his the subject of this email. It was applying improv framework for fitness success, and then he has this whole long email, and he was very professional and like very clearly listened to our show and all this stuff. But, but ladies and gentlemen, before we get to Travis... I'm going to tell you that Travis's professional goal is to assist and inspire individuals and corporations in creating more authentic cultures through collaboration and purpose. Did I? Is that the correct Travis Thomas profile that I looked up? <laughs> there's a lot of you. <laughs> there are. You know, who would have known that there's uh, there's yeah. so many Travis Thomases out there? Well, uh, but you you nailed it. You found the right one. Awesome. Well, uh, and we'll we'll you know put your bio in the show notes and everything. I will say this: my name is Mark Rogers. There are yes. a lot. Of Mark yeah. Rogers out there. Yes, absolutely. And There's so, only two other Rick Bentleys. One is a sports writer for the Sacramento Bee. Really? And the other is uh, a professor of uh, of uh, black li- uh, literary like hmm. poetry, and he's very angry, a very angry oh. man. Like He writes very... Violent and ups- he's very upset about many things. And then there's yeah. the third one is the professor of pants pooping, which is he's on the show with us now, Rick. The, that's hey, the Rick. Uh, I've not completed my PhD yet. Uh, <laughs> oh well, you know we're all a doctor in something. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Travis, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your uh, your time and for uh, messing uh, with the uh, with the technical issues. I'm glad we've got it figured out. Um, I listened to you on the Live Inspired podcast, and so I got some background. Rick, he is from yeah. Flint, Michigan, where everyone oh, everyone died. Everyone died of the water poisoning. The whole town died. Remember that joke about that? That's a, was that is that too soon? Yeah, it's oh. too soon. <laughs> was it like last year? It's uh, it, it's on the list of of, of many uh, uh, tragic events that uh, have happened that, that Flint has had to endure. Uh, Mateen Cleves is from. Flint. Oh, that's he's right. Or Michigan State greats. Yeah. Great. Oh, Mateen. Yeah, he is. Uh, the Flintstones are in the house. Uh, so Mateen and you know I grew up in Flint and um, Flint for a while was known for producing two things: cars and professional athletes. Mm. And, name name uh, some more of them. Not many cars anymore. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> still a, a good number of uh, professional athletes come out of Flint. I, of which am not one of them. Well, you scored a goal in college, in I soccer. I, yes, I did have one career goal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so Rick, so I'm kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of connecting with Travis and listening to him because I... Um, there's a friend of mine that I, I played uh, uh, college football. Shut up, Rick. Um, so the guy, there was a guy who I played with. He and I combined career uh, tackles, 396 tackles was what he and I combined for. Uh, he had 388 of those. Um, it's like uh, the greatest uh, scoring tandem. brother yes. tandem in the history of uh, uh, the NHL is like Wayne Gretzky and his brother, like Dave. Well, yeah. Hank and Tommy Aaron is another one. They're the, they're the yeah. brothers with the most home runs and Tommy hit like seven. Uh, 
So hey, it, it, uh, it's fine. It'll work. But but all of your tackles were the important ones. I had such important tackles. Yeah. Thank you for knowing that. I re- you've yeah, done your research. Yeah, yeah, I did my research. Yeah. I did my research. <laughs> I watched film. I was uh, there. Those were big tackles. I, I, I saw those on on, uh, on microfiche. I yes, believe, yes. I had to watch those. I'm, on, but yes. Down as soon as he tackled the guy, and Shut everyone up. looked at his bottom and laughed, and the whole stadium was pointing and laughing at Mark's naked bottom. Shut up! I did get choke slammed by Roberto Garza, who played for the Bears for like nine years in college. Well, that was a good there's story. Your, there's your claim to fame right there. Well, and there was something. Okay, so also, you Mark, also Mark knows Hugh Jackman. Shut up! Would you shut up? I don't know Hugh Jackman. <laughs> That's a really? long. That's a long really? story. My brother's sister-in-law works with him. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you, won't, you won't shut up about it. I think that's a cool connection. I that like you, cool Jackman. Although my my uh, my eleven uh, year old son keeps pronouncing his name. Hug. Uh, uh, human human Jack is 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 what his name. Human is, Jack. Name. Jew Jackman or something. Yeah, he, yeah. he can't get it right. Well, yeah. Travis, very quickly, but we're going to get to your stuff uh, eventually. Uh, we're having too much no fun worries. here. No worries. Okay, no so worries. you went to school in like the St. L- Kansas City area? St. Louis. St. Louis. Was it St. Louis? Okay. Well, St. Louis, yeah. Okay, so you – there. I, I, I was thinking Kansas City, I think. Uh, there's a school yeah, – married uh, in Kansas City. I mean, if you did some deep, deep research, you yeah. would have discovered oh, that my wife and I got married in Kansas City. Have you ever heard and- of a school called William Jewell? William Jewell, yeah. as in like jewels. Yeah, like family jewels. No. As in family. No, I haven't. Rick, I, Rick. I mean, I, we played some small schools, but I, I never heard of William Jewell. So, Rick, you'll think this is funny. So, the only school that offered me a scholarship out of college is a, is a Kansas City school that a guy like familiar with Kansas City has never heard of. <laughs> William Jewell, were they were they the uh, the fighting rubies? I don't know. <laughs> the, the fighting. Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, I don't know what they are. I think they were the Cardinals, but they're NAIA Division One. Anyway, Travis, yes, tell us your story. <laughs> what is what do you do? Tell us why we're having you on like a health and, and wellness fitness podcast. All right, and just real quick before we do that, now are yeah. you guys Texans? Is that is that what I understand? We are we are from the Dallas area originally. Yes. Oh my goodness! Yes. Hey, uh, Rusty Taco is my favorite taco on the planet. Okay. Rick, uh, my wife my wife is from Fort Worth. Okay. Wow. And and Perfect. so we've we, we've got we've got shared te- Texas roots. And you guys, I don't know whether you know it or not, because we're gonna get in we're gonna get into some improvisation here. Yes. That's that's what I'm all about. You guys are sitting around uh, one of the best improv theaters in the in the country austin uh four-day weekend no four-day weekend in fort worth okay. and dallas really? and, and so if you guys have oh, not been to a four-day Rick. weekend show you guys uh are lucky to be really around one of the best theaters in the country you should go rick rick is still in that area i was actually born in fort worth and i live in abilene now which is like three hours west of there um, but I was okay. in town uh, this yeah. past weekend uh, for a kind of a funny story. But that's another story. Anyway, okay. So Rick, uh, yeah, Rick is still in Fort Worth. So go see that show. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I, I've I've talked to those guys uh, numerous times over the years, and um, you know, I've I, obviously I consider myself a little bit of an improv connoisseur. Yeah. And there are many, many groups out there. Very few really good ones. And, and Four Day Weekend, in my opinion, is one of the best. Um, so yeah, if you get a chance, definitely check those guys out in Fort Worth and Dallas. Well, Rick actually also fancies himself a jokeman. And when he was a young boy, a young lad, he would do for talent shows, uh, stand-up comedy. Oh, um, fantastic. So Rick, yeah. Rick, forget going I, to see him, join him, be, be in it. Comedian, uh, 
nine years in a row at Iron Springs Christian Camp. So, oh, well, that's that's where all the great starts. Oh, that's where Seinfeld started. <laughs> Wait, he's yes. Jewish. Never mind. Yes, um, yeah. yes. He, he was the, he was the rare Jew at the, uh, at the Christian camp. Uh, <laughs> this went just the comedy. All the other stuff is like, ah, I'm not so much of that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll be here Friday for the talent show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Trust Travis, where are you now? All right, I live in uh, Jupiter, Florida, which is oh. uh, south South Florida, kind of the the West Palm Beach area. Yeah, it's near uh, Uranus, Florida. Um, it is uh, actually. I just heard, guys, you know, it, which is sad from a comedic standpoint that it's not Uranus; it's uh, actually Uranus. Oh, uh, what? Yes. My daughter yes. made this like model of the solar system, and she kept saying Uranus, and I kept like going, <clears throat> and she would go, "What? What's wrong?" And I would be like, "No, I, I know." I was bummed. I, was, I think I was. <laughs> Uranus. I, I, I literally, my wife corrected me on that about two weeks ago. And you like Google it? You're like, that can't be I right. Think, it has to be. I think Uranus. I was more. <laughs> In, in the world of planetary disappointments, I think I was more upset by that than Pluto. Yes, not being called a planet. <sighs> that was yeah. very sad. Uh, I'm going to call Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I'm going to make. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please do that. Let's let's get this clarified. A petition. But, it's uh, Uranus. That is the that is the pronunciation. That's final. Yes. That's how you'll yep, get yep. kids interested in science and astronomy. <laughs> you call true. it Uranus. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just name all just name all the. All the planets after body parts. Yeah, and the kids will never. The kids will never forget them again. Mova, Dolores. It's an old Seinfeld reference. Speaking of Seinfeld, yeah, Seinfeld's all over this. Mo- this podcast. Mova. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yes, so I, I live down in Jupiter, Florida now. I, as you guys know, I, I grew up in Flint, Michigan, and uh, Flint will always be home. And I'm back up in Flint quite a bit. I have family up there, and uh, I have a lot of relationships up there work-wise. And so I find myself doing a lot of work in Flint. And truth be told, um, uh, despite all the hardships, uh, or maybe because of all the hardships Flint has gone through over the years, it sort of holds a special place in my heart. And uh, whenever I can get up there to to do any work and to uh, kind of share share the stuff that I do, um, I get back up there as much. I'm going back up in a few weeks, cool. but uh, I am uh, I, I like to tell people I'm sort of Florida by choice. Yes, and uh, we live in a nice little beach community Ooh. about three miles off the beach here. Uh, we enjoy hurricanes when we can. Good. Um, and uh, but no, so I've been down here. Um, uh, we're kind of this is our second stint in the area. Uh, but we've been down here combined uh, for about uh, about ten years. Awesome, um, yeah. So so enjoy it down here, and I'm I'm sitting outside, and you guys can probably relate to some nice weather. But it's like seventy seventy two degrees outside on a nice nice pleasant night. So yeah, it's supposed outside. to be. It's like seventy five tomorrow, and then Rick, I don't know if it's supposed to snow in Dallas, but it's supposed to snow here on Wednesday after being seventy five like for a week. Yeah, so like nonstop for like the next five days. Yeah. Well, hey, yes. so, so Travis, let's get into that. There's there's a thing that I want to talk to you about, and I think it's something that is that is something that you enjoy talking about, and it's this whole yes and thing, and that I've is a, like that. Yes. Th- that is a really big um, thing in improv, and and explain f- starting from a, an improv perspective, why is yes and like something that if you're an improv, like you hear that phrase and you're like, yep, I know what that is. That's that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And so my, my company is called Live Yes And, and so I like to tell people I, I didn't come up with the concept of Yes And. In fact, they really can't even track to the origin of Yes And. It's, it's just sort of been around forever, and uh, improv 
uh, in the world of improv, it is, uh, uh, it's, it's always sort of been the foundation. So it's, it's the foundation of improvisation. Uh, so yes, and is, is, is sort of the, the oxygen of, of what makes improvisation breathe and live. And so what that essentially means from an improvisational standpoint, if, uh, if you and I are doing a scene together, uh, the three of us are doing a scene together, we have this uh, understood uh, sort of rule amongst us that uh, when we go out to do a scene, no matter what you say, I'm going to yes and your ideas. And whatever I say, you're going to yes and my ideas. And whoever else comes into the scene, we all agree we have this this relationship, this trust that we are all going to yes and each other's ideas. And what that means is if we were to split that up, the yes uh, is acceptance or agreement. So if we're on stage and you say, oh my gosh, that train's coming right for us, you know that I'm going to say yes to it. Yes, it is. So now you know that no matter what you say, I'm going to agree with you to create a shared reality. So we're going to create a shared reality by saying yes to each other's ideas. But in order to to be co-collaborators and creators in this story, I'm not just going to say yes, I'm going to say yes and. So yes, that train is coming right at us and there's a woman tied to the tracks. And so I'm going to take your idea and I'm going to further the story along by building off of your idea. And then all you have to do is yes and my idea back to you, which is yes and, oh my gosh, that's my wife. And so and so you tell a story simply with that agreement. We, we know going on stage together that I don't have to do everything by myself. You don't have to do everything by yourself. And so we're going to totally have each other's backs. And so the reason we can go out on stage and take risks and uh, just shoot from the hip is because no matter what you come up with, I've got your back. And no matter what I come up with, you've got my back. What happens what if ma- what happens what in improv possible. if it if that doesn't happen? What happens if somebody's like, it's, no, that isn't a train, actually. That's a that's just a guy blowing a whistle. Like what happens to the scene? It's a train wreck. It's yeah. it's, it's <laughs> train no, wreck. Pun nine intended. times out of ten, it's going to be an absolute disaster from that standpoint. Because what what you're doing is you're leaving your your fellow teammate out to dry, and it, it's almost as if between you and the audience, you almost hear like like tires screeching to a stop or nails on the chalkboard because the actors are looking at each other with this like sense of panic, which is. Dude, what are you doing right now? You're you're totally <laughs> negating. You're blocking my idea, and the audience is looking at this, going, "Wait a second, they're not on the same page. Yeah. What's wrong here?" And so it is. It's a it's a scene killer. Um, you know, I like to say if, if you're working with really experienced improvisers or improvisers who really trust one another, you can not yes and someone's idea, but you're not you're not doing so in a way that is. Uh, uh, really, sort of uh, uh, killing the scene as as much as it is. You you've built up a relationship with that person, and you know that they're really not disagreeing with you. They're, you know, they are uh, maybe making a choice. But right. um, from a very fundamental standpoint, if someone says no or like uh, no, that's not a train. That's a that's a bus. Or what are you talking about? I don't see a train. It's 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 a nightmare. Right. And and that's why yes and is really sort of improvisation one oh one because if you if you don't have that, you're not gonna have any collaboration. But if you do have that, uh then you you have sort of those blocks in place to really create something. Yeah, so now let's talk about how we can relate this and sort of apply it to the real world. My first thought on that is and you mentioned you have a child that's eleven. Uh mm-hmm. do you have any other children? 
I do. I have a 15-year-old daughter oh, gosh. Uh, and a and a 13-year-old son. So I've got a 13-year-old, oh. 11-year-old boys, and a 15-year-old daughter. So two girls and a boy. I have two girls and a boy. They're eight, seven, and then my son is four. And if oh, I could yeah. get them... You're in the, you're yeah. in the cardio stage, apparently. Right <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's something. It's it's some one stage. But like, if I could get them... Because like, I feel like right now, all we're doing is like battling them like... You know, just like the no, 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 yeah. no. So let's kind of right. talk about like how we can instill this stuff and what it means if we use this this principle like in everyday life. Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I talk a little bit in my book about, uh, about yes and parenting, uh, about being a yes and boss, about being a yes and sports team. But yeah, it, it's... You know, if you want to think about yes and, a lot of people think that you, they, they take the yes and uh, too literally at times. And they think that, oh, does, does that mean I have to say uh, yes and to everything that my child says? Does that mean I have to say yes and to everything that my, my workers or my employees come up with? And the answer is no. So this idea of sort of having a yes and relationship, it's not about saying in the real world, it's not about, it's not about having to say yes and everything. What it really is, is about establishing relationships uh, with people that's really built on this this standpoint of trust and respect and value, where we know that at the heart of our relationship, it's about collaborating with one another. So, you know, obviously as a parent, you can't say yes to every one of your child's right. ideas, but you can uh, you can you can listen and, and and they know that their ideas and their voices are valued and they're heard and that you know dad's gonna dad might not be able to say yes but you know he's always trying to champion our ideas or he's yeah. always trying to at least you know co- uh, compromise or cooperate with our ideas instead of just kind of this authoritative uh, no and because I'm your dad. You know, it's it's we love those relationships, don't we? Where it's just this this really just sort of rote no because I said so. And so time too, trust me. (laughs) Do what? (laughs) When you become an adult, uh, those those relationships get better over time when you have the no, don't do this because I'm your dad. Oh, fantastic. Those are those are super healthy relationships to be a part of, right? (laughs) Um, And I would say, you know, it's funny you, you start off with parenting. Parenting is probably the toughest spot, in my opinion, to to really embrace sort of the yes and mindset because it's so hard to step out of uh, a protective parental mode and and really sort of respect you know the uh, uh, the validity right. uh, of, of what our children because we're always thinking about oh we know what's best for them and so it's harder to yes and them but it is it, it it's still very very possible and like I said it's less about saying yes and to everything as much as it is you know do they uh, sense that the relationship they have with us is one where um, we are really listening and uh, uh, valuing their ideas uh, from an from an empathic point of view, even if they don't know what empathy is. Yeah, I think that's that's really an important point, especially in, like in the parenting you know uh, realm. Um, and we have a lot of parents that listen. Um, it's just that yeah, that that just making sure that you, they know that you hear them, and it's not just about. I'm saying no just to say no. The reason I'm saying no is because there's a there's a car coming down the road and I want you to get out of the street or you know like there's just it's just not having to like over explain yourself to them but just like I know that you're frustrated. I hear you. I, I man yes. that's like I I would be frustrated too. You have a valid reason to be frustrated. You know, right? And then, right. and then, it's a, and that that really a lot of times will calm the situation. And the funny thing is, like, you can use that principle like with a friend or with a coworker or something, 
and, it's, and, and obviously, hopefully, they're not like on the ground, like flailing their legs and and, and throwing <laughs> their socks because they don't want to put their socks on. You know, hopefully, that's not happening. But you know, right. just saying, like somebody comes to you and saying, like, "Yes, I got it. I, I understand that is super frustrating. Let's figure out a way to solve this problem." Absolutely, exactly, cool. yeah. And and so you're which, which the hard part. I mean, especially from parenting, but we can get into you know you know other other fields as well. But it requires a lot of patience and compassion um, to, to offer that, that level of respect because it's so much easier and so much faster to say, you know what, I'm your dad, do what I told right. you. Yes. I don't, I don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't I don't, I don't, we don't have time for me to be patient with you. It's so much easier in the short term just to say, do it because I said so. But obviously we know the long-term ramifications of what kind of relationship is that creating over the long haul. There are several things that I always like swore that I would not ever say as an adult. And like that, like, um, I'm going to give you something to cry about was one of them. Uh, the other one was <laughs> like, so, that's always so great. Like, Hey, listen, I know you're upset, but if you don't stop crying, I'm going to beat you. So you cry more. Like that's yes, literally, yes. that's the implication. Yes, if, yes, if you don't yes. stop being so upset and emotional, I'm just going to beat the crap. I'm going to hurt you. you physically. And then you will yeah. have an actual reason to cry. And then, and then the other one was like, Oh, like, I can't believe how big you've gotten. You're gotten so big. <laughs> Like then people say that to me, and then I then I say that to kids, yeah. like kids now, like that drives me crazy. I'm always like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be that guy. Um, okay, so the opposite of yes and is like the no but, um, which is yeah. kind of Rick's. Uh, he he enjoys the no but. Um, oh, Rick! All yeah, right. yeah, but uh, from a physical standpoint, yes, but very much. <laughs> you're, you're you're a butt man, Rick. He's a, a yes, he's a yes but. He's gonna combine the two. Uh, so, so how do you like? I, I feel like, especially in today's society, there are lots of no buts walking around. <laughs> how yeah, do we? Absolutely. How do we get no buts? You know, actually, the first thing you can't change a no but to a yes but. The no but has to want to turn into a yes but. So let's say there's somebody listening that's like, you know what? I might be a no but. That rhymed. How do you reprogram to a yes to a yes and? To a yes, Sam, and tell. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think, um, and well, the short answer is it's, it's difficult. And I think all of us, all of us have a healthy dose of no buts uh, in in us. And the reason that is, is because, I mean, especially, you know, whether you're American or whether you're Western culture, right, we are, uh, we are culturally programmed hardcore to be uh, competitive by nature. And a lot, a lot of the work that I do, especially when I go in and work with teams and do corporate training, is to actually be able to show through activities and exercises just how hardwired we are for competition, even when it's not even a competitive situation. Yeah. And so a lot of a lot of people would say like, "Oh, I'm 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 a total collaborator. I love to compromise. I'm I'm open minded." And then as soon as you put them into a situation where it is a it is all about collaboration. You see that, man, we are just so hardwired to compete. So I think the first thing to do is is just recognize yes. that um, because of cultural reasons that we're you know we're we're, we're kind of taught, man. We school teaches us to compete, even though education shouldn't be competitive, right? Well, there's we, there's class rankings and there's all these things, yeah. Absolutely right. And so as soon as we step foot into school, and then we get into sports, then we get into business. It is still all modeling a, a, a competitive model and a competitive mindset. When in when in actuality, if 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 we were to sort of shift 
and, and think of these as collaborative environments instead of competitive environments, we'd start to create more win-win situations not, uh, for everybody. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's sort of the spirit of, spirit of improvisation. But um, as far as working with people who uh, tend to have more of a no-but personality, and whether that's ourselves or, or someone that we work with, you know, the, there is no short answer to that or, mm-hmm. or there's no short solution. The, the long-term solution is when we consistently show up and we are consistently showing up with a yes and mindset where we are looking to collaborate, uh, where we are, uh, when we continually show up with that person or with those people, where we are constantly empathically seeking to understand where they're coming from. Because because anyone who is essentially being a no but is, yeah. there's just, there, there's a, there's a, I was going to say, there's a sense of defensiveness to them. I think you're, I think I you're, think, he, I you think, might be hearing your, uh, hearing your echo. echo. Sorry, I think you interrupted yourself with the weird echo I thing. Did. Sorry about that. I, oh, it's back. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's cool. It's very disco. Like, don't you interrupt and, me, uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all, all it is is a defensiveness. And so our job is not to make them more defensive. The more, we're, the more we try to push our perspective, the more defensive we're going to make them. Right. So the best thing we can do is actually strive to to kind of to to lessen that defensiveness by making them feel that we actually care about them, uh, and the best way we can actually care about them is by genuinely caring about them. And so the ways we can do that is just <laughs> imagine be, that, yeah, be, be more curious about their perspective, right? And well, so when someone is so defensive about their perspective, instead of us trying to discredit or prove them wrong with yes. our perspective, the best thing we can do is like, tell me more about that. Why do you feel so passionately yeah. about that? Help help me understand you more. And when we start to offer up that level of uh, uh, empathy, uh, that level of compassion, that person will start to let their guard down and start to be more receptive to our ideas. It just might take a little while. Yeah, like I always say, like you know, if you're you got two people that are on two sides of the fence, whether it's religion, politics, some sort of diet or something. Like, there's not going to be something that you're going to say to somebody who's impassioned about this topic that, that's going to make them go, "Oh my." Oh my! You're right. You're right. Of you're course, right. I've been so wrong. Why didn't I? Haven't I seen this? Like there, that there will never, ever happen. And no. so I think yeah, having that mindset where you're like yeah, okay, fine. Like I want to know why you feel that way. Let's talk about that. And I God, it's such a like a it opens up such more of like a more healthy uh, conversation that's going to lead to actually some benefit instead of leading to anger and all this other stuff that's happening right now in our world. Um, right, right. And the more we can get people to talk about themselves, the more they walk away from that conversation liking us. Yes. Yeah. And, and all we did is, is value them by getting them to, to talk more and share their perspective. Yes. I, uh, I learned that I was a fundraiser for us for a university for a while. And I learned yeah. it's very hard for me. I love talking about myself. I love talking and it's very hard for me to learn just to sit down and say, tell me your life story. Start from the very yep. beginning. Uh, where were you born? You know, just like letting them talk, and it was always that was always a good. And I always enjoyed that. Like, a, is you know, like just uh, learning about people. But I didn't, I didn't hear any of the Chicago Cubs mention your name in the, <laughs> in, the in the parade. Rick, he worked with the Chicago Cubs and the Red Sox. Uh, did that make you mad? Uh, you bitter about that? What's going on there? I feel like they should. Well, you know, to, to be completely honest, you know, if you if you were if you were to at, run into some of the uh, the starters or Joe Madden and say, "Hey, tell me about Travis Thomas's work," they go, "Who?" Yeah, and, you mean the third uh, baseman in the in the double A? Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you mean the. 
Joe Matt would have been like, oh, no, he's a heck of a guy. A real great guy, committed uh, to or excellence, and even though he would have. No, no idea. idea. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, now, if you talk though, if you if you talk to some of their minor league managers and some of their minor league players, yeah, uh, they might remember me, and that's really what my where my work has been the last two years with cool. the Cubs when I when I go out and work with them, is uh, is working with the younger players and working with the uh, the young uh, not younger managers, the managers working with uh, a lot of the younger teams, the minor league teams. And cool. So that's been my work the last two years, and and. Uh, um, I've got a friend who's on the mental skills. He's the mental skills director there for the Chicago Cubs cool. and, and doing, doing some fantastic work. And so, yeah, that's been my work uh, with them and, and working on the leadership side of things and some of the mental uh, mental side of things and and, and looking at this idea of, of, of team collaboration uh, really from a yes and mindset and, and getting these players to, to understand that, again, is that we are we're stronger and better um, when we are actually, you know, you take that idea of, you know, you and I go on stage together and there's a mantra that we use in improvisation where my goal is to make you look like a genius yeah. and your goal, your goal is to make me look like a genius. And anytime someone comes on stage, our goal is to make that person look like a genius. And so yeah. I don't, I'm not thinking about myself when I go on stage, I'm thinking about you and making you look good. And I'm thinking about everyone else outside of me because you know what? I don't have to think about myself because you are yes. thinking about and that's, me and you're trying to make me look good. And that's where it kind of gets counterintuitive. Like in the business world, there's this term, kind of this buzzword, it's like managing up. You know, it's like instead of like yeah. trying to like step on people to get over them, like manage them up and talk really good about them. There's, there's a study um, done and I can't remember like the – the exact details, but it was something like if you are always talking bad about people and trying to make yourself look better, people are going to associate that negativity with you. But if you're always talking about, man, that person, man, they're just a fun person. I love, they're really smart. Then they're going to start, they're going to put those characteristics that you're always talking about onto you. So it actually, in the long run, you're not like, you're not like losing. It's because like you said, it's like everybody else is like worried about making you look good too. So it's like this, but it's counterintuitive in like this animal world where we're always trying to like kill each other and get the food (laughs) and the, and the females, you know, Uh. right. That's that. And that is how we've been raised and that's how we've been conditioned. And it's, it's just like you were referring to doing the fundraising when you would go into a situation and have the person talk about themselves for the entire time. They walk away thinking that you're awesome. Right. Like, man, that and guy was great. Where's he from? I'm all, you did is, yeah. all you did is make them feel good about themselves. Yeah. And, and so, so teamwork is the same way. If, if I walk away, if, if I'm your teammate and you're someone who's always trying to get me the ball in the right spot and you're always setting me up and making me look good, man – I want to do the same thing for you right. and I want to play for you and, and I want to be your teammate. And now, now I'm getting your best because I'm always giving you my best. Yeah. And so if we can make that shift from a, uh, you know, from a sports, from an athletic perspective where, man, I'm not going to try to make you look bad so that I can look better. I'm going to make you look good yeah. and you're going to make me look good. And now we both look good. And now yeah. we, we are actually getting better as athletes and as players and that, that has a contagious uh, effect on the locker room and yeah. how we, we work with one another. Now we're all just collectively going out there and, you know, we're, we're operating from an abundance mindset, which is, you know, there's, there's plenty to go around for all of us. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to celebrate your successes because I believe that my success is yet to come as well. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so it, it, that's a total mind shift though, but the teams that, that really seem to, to uh, thrive at a high level and are able to sustain it, uh, seem to to have some of these principles and play for them. Yeah, 
Very cool. Well, hey, we didn't even scratch the surface, but we are out of time. Mark, the metaphor that comes to mind real oh. quick, he talks about that is uh, somebody, I, 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 an old coach, I think, used to say, like, uh, a rising tide rises. I was going to say that, actually. Yeah. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it's true. If you know, I've been listening to what you've been saying and just kind of trying to absorb it. And if you bring other people up, it's going to bring you up as well. If you're more concerned about being a good teammate within a structure, then the team's going to have success, and therefore you're going to have success. Absolutely, yeah. and, and that's and and that's the reality. And if we look at if we look at the moments in our life where we've been happiest, when we've been the most successful, uh, rarely are those times where we were just doing something on our own, and it was all about us and only us. We we, we look at relationships where. Uh, people had our back and we flourished. We look at we look at teams that we were a part of and we flourished. Uh, interpersonal relationships, and we we see that we didn't get there alone. We got there through yeah. through a sense of collaboration. And so it's just bringing it's bringing that that uh, that mindset and that shift uh, into all of our relationships. Yeah, I think Rick uh, was at his happiest uh, a two day video back in 1997 when I was crouched down looking at the bottom row of a, of a, of a, a rental tape and he kicked me from behind right in between my legs. And, uh, he just <laughs> laughed and laughed. Hey, listen, context wise, that makes a ton of sense to what we're talking. I know. About. That's why I said it. Right <laughs> <in there. laughs> All right. Well, Hey, okay. So Travis is the founder creator of live. Yes. And consulting in Jupiter, Florida. That's live. Yes. And.com. We'll have that in the show notes. Travis talk like, where else can people find you? Is that, is that the best place? Talk about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. You're making me feel good. Um, so yeah, it's uh, liveyesand.com. You know, I'm on most social media at liveyesand. So really, really simple. And you know, guys, I mean, it's sort of the the liveyesand 3.0 version of, of of sort of what I do. And um, is the reason I called my company Live Yes and is that I really believe that this this mantra of living yes and this idea of acceptance and then response. And so I, I like to say that. You know, no matter what is going on in your life, and obviously we've been talking a lot about sort of the relationship side of things and, and, and teams, but sort of no matter what's going on in your life, you know, I like to say you cannot progress until you say yes. And so we don't have to like what is happening, but we have to say yes to what is happening. When we say yes to what is happening to us, we're in acceptance with it. We're in agreement yes. with it. Well, that's- a lot of people can feel like they're a victim Oh well, that sucks. You know, so my wife left me. I, I need to accept that, or I got fired. You mean I need to accept that? And the reality is, like, yeah, you do. Yeah. You need to say yes. That's what's happening. Well, and the, that the concept. And, yeah, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, and the and is where we have we have power. The and is where we get to choose how we're going to respond to what is happening. And so I like to say when our when our and response is grounded in purpose, when it's grounded in meaning, uh, when we're living from our excellent self. You know, I say your excellent self. Your yes. When you respond to the and with that, that's where we have power in life. Yeah. And so just just like when I'm on stage, you know, we can create absolutely anything because we're making it up on the spot. Yeah. Well, I can respond to life with power with a purposeful and response and turn any setback, you know, into a setup or turn any yeah. mistake into you know, uh, a new innovation. And so that's that sort of, that's the spirit of living yes and. Yeah, and, and it's like, um, like there is no... Like a, a happy life isn't you avoiding obstacles, right? <laughs> right. A happy life right. is you like it's like accepting what lays before you and like figuring out a way to solve the problem. Like if they're you know, and so um, I think it was oh, who's the guy that wrote the obstacle is the way 
uh, Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday and the, and the, the Daily Stoic. Uh, great, great stuff. So I'm going to put those two books in the show notes too. But um, Travis, awesome stuff, man. I, I, maybe we can uh, have you back on and talk a little bit more in depth about maybe a more specific topic. Um, but this has yeah. been great. We're gonna we're gonna let you go and and and, and wrap the show up. Uh, but really appreciate your time. Thanks for the uh, dealing with the technical stuff at the beginning, and we will talk to you soon. Well, guys, all, all we did is uh, we made you improvise uh, a little bit at the beginning of the show, and I'm sure you guys crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Travis, appreciate it, man. Hey, guys, have a great one. All right, Take you care. too. Bye-bye. All right, that was Travis Thomas. That was great. Um, good stuff. Good uh, points to live by. Ponce? Points to live by. Um, that really f- fell in the, uh, the enjoy life and just kind of being a good human uh, uh, pillar of being a, a simply human I lifestyle. A, I, you know, I think those that will have an impact on all of the yeah. uh, aspects of the, you know, your life being a positive person and having success that way and being uplifting and not being negative. Like yeah. that's, uh, it's good for everybody. Yeah. And we talked about Uranus. Um, so that was good. Um, I was going to say, okay. When he was talking, <laughs> when he was talking about, they didn't discover, hadn't discovered it yet or something. I was going to be like, that was kind of like how Uranus happened. And, uh, but I'd stopped. I did laugh. So if you listen again, go back and listen to the show, the whole thing. If you hear me randomly laugh, that's because I thought of that. And, but I didn't say it, uh, until now. Um, the tip of the week, Rick is, uh, practice this yes. And stuff instead of like, uh, getting upset about things and like, no, this is bad. Like accept what happens and figure out a way to, to build on it and to make it, better um how about that rick i I think everybody out there is probably uh at some point you can say you're part of a team whether it's not like a team at at work or uh, you have a team at home possibly hardly anybody is you know completely solitary and so i think if you focus on uplifting others in your team and inspiring them to do well then that's going to cause your whole team to have better success and it's going to cause you to have more success so i mean i think it's just very interesting all the stuff you know, kind of he was talking yeah. about, um, a lot of people are very focused, you know, if they're, you know, ambitious, they're focused on making themselves look good or doing, but that's not how, uh, people get a bad reputation that way. Yeah. He, yeah. He's climbed the ladder, but you know, he's done this and that, but right. if you are, if you lead from the front that way, then, uh, it, it's could definitely have an impact on everyone around you and yourself. Yeah. And then you've got yeah. a stronger team. So, and yes, and <laughs> I said it backwards. And yes, yes, you could do that. Hey, Rick, guess what? What's that, Mark? This show is sponsored by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health conscious people like you. If you're listening to this, you're health conscious or you just love humor and to laugh. That's you healthy. That's all right. Yeah, that's healthy to do yeah. that. You, you can, don't have to like run a marathon or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, who needs that? You can get lower <laughs> rates on your life insurance. Go to healthiq.com slash simply human to support this show. Support Health IQ and see if you qualify. You can learn more. Get a free quote on life insurance. Uh, go in there. They're not a broker. They're not an insurer. They're a life insurance agency. They have s- special rates, exclusive rates. They can get you a little rate. Just do it. To the internet. I don't know how long it takes. Yeah. It's not long. It takes four internet. seconds. You think? I, I don't know. Uh, it's not four seconds. Maybe not. Yeah. 15 minutes. Awesome. You money. Something like that. Is that a Geico thing? Uh, they don't have... The, the term 15 minutes trademark. Yeah. I mean, it's a, we could say that. Say it's like six minute abs. <laughs> Seven minutes, five minute abs. <laughs> five minute abs. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, we need very quickly. I think the Tide commercials were the best Super Bowl commercials. I don't watch the commercials. Oh. 
because they made you think that every commercial that you watched was a Tide commercial. They took over the every commercial. I did see that, and it was you know I, I can't rank all of the commercials. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it was a it was a clever. Pretty good. Clever. Okay, Rick, uh, we gotta go. This is almost an hour. What the heck? Maybe if I edit it down because we had a lot of problems getting it. Maybe it'd be like. Fifty-five minutes instead of fifty-eight minutes. But Rick, that's gonna do it for this edition of the Simulation Podcast. And remember, so it's important to have life insurance. How should I go about doing this, though? I, I don't know. All right. <laughs> I they don't pay. <laughs> <laughs> they canceled. Just kidding. All right. So until next time, enjoy yourself. <laughs> All right. I'm out.